The minute that you get labeled a conspiracy theorist, pretty much everything that you have to say ceases to be taken seriously. The red pill is just about kind of shaking up your perception of the way that things really And on the understanding that what you've been told your entire life is a consciously constructed lie. You take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. The idea of Project Bluebeam is that NASA, with the help of the United Nations, was attempting to implement a new age religion with the Antichrist at its head and start a new world order via technology simulating the second coming of Christ. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Hawkeye Media presents... Conspiracy Pill with PJ and Abby. And that's the thing about conspiracy theories is like it's sometimes they're not going to be true. And it's okay. There's literally nothing wrong with asking the questions and pulling on the threads and doing the research. It is what it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another special Bible study night of Conspiracy Pill. We are we finished our Revelation streams in, in five streams, and now we are moving on to some of the other guys' stuff that we want to talk about, stuff that you guys have suggested. And this time we're going to start with Matthew 24. And <laughs> tonight is such a rush job, but I'm excited. It's it's weird how it's weird how the Lord works because we were supposed to be on a podcast in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, called Forge and Anvil, and the, there, somebody somebody over there is is not feeling well or sick or something, so they had to cancel. We're going to reschedule. But I'm very excited to go on that show uh, when they're feeling better. So pray for them. But uh, <laughs> Abby's just like, well, let's do a Bible stream tonight because we keep <laughs> like every time we wanted to do Matthew 24, something came up. Last week I was gone. Next week I'll be gone on Monday, um, and we haven't done one of these in a minute. So it's like, hey. An opportunity opened up, and last minute we threw this together, and we're here talking with you guys. So, welcome in everybody who's who's watching, who saw our our, uh, our um, notification. If you guys want to get notifications when things like this happen, you can go to t.me/slash/hawkhoundmedia, and that way you can get all of our updates. And also, we keep forgetting to push our Discord, Abby. It's not my fault. It's not your <laughs> fault. It's definitely not. It's mostly my. It's our. It's our fault. Neither one of us ever say it, but. The great thing is you guys can go to conspiracypill.com and all of our links are there. If you want to follow yeah. us on Rumble or Odyssey or Rockfin, if we ever mention something on the show and you're like, oh, I don't remember what that was or, or the link or how do you spell that? Just go to conspiracypill.com. It's always going to be there. Sponsorships, whatever else we have, uh, we'll put it up there. So um, pretty easy way to find anything that's going on. But that is uh, the best way is through Discord, which we're having a lot of great conversations over there. It's actually a really fun way to um, kind of interact and like we get to hear your guys' thoughts on conspiracies before we even cover them, which is kind of fun. So, um, but anyway, Abby, how are you doing? I'm great. It's yeah, it's been life is just coming at us <laughs> so fast. Uh, um, hi to everybody in the chat. Hi to Saltzilla over on YouTube. Hi to um, Lauren and Ivan over on rumble who are in and then is anyone on odyssey yet no one's Vader on odyssey. of five just hopped in over on rumble how's it going Woo-hoo. very nice just finished last wednesday show very interesting not sure i agree with 
the dietary restrictions. Me yeah, neither. and we we don't either. But uh, I loved Alan and I loved talking to him. He was a it great, was a, it was great a good guest. conversation. Yeah, it's it's. There are times when I, I talk to somebody who's from a different either denomination or completely different faith or whatever it is, and even though there are massive things we disagree with, it I always leave the conversation feeling like that person had a piece to the puzzle that I didn't have before. And so there are things that Alan's got me thinking about that I wasn't thinking about before. We have to bring really him back that. on to, to really focus on the Nephilim and Watcher stuff yes. and things like that. Because yes. I feel like someone commented on our locals, it's like, I love the show, but I wanted to get more of this. I'm like, well, that's what's great is we, we want to have what we back want. <laughs> So we will continue that because I feel like we only scratched the surface on so many things that we wanted to get to. Yeah. Let's see. I wanted to drop the Discord link. Copy link. I'm just going to drop the Discord link into all all of the, the chats all tonight. The chats. So just pull it up, pull it up in a different uh, tab if you want to hop in there and see what that's like. Yeah, definitely join the Discord. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, before we get started, uh, I want to lead us in prayer yes. so we can uh, hop into to Matthew 24. So, dear Lord, thank you for bringing us here tonight. Thank you so much for uh, Abby and what a wonderful friend she's been. And thank you for giving us this opportunity to come out and and uh, read your word and discuss with people and have these conversations and build these relationships. I pray that you guide and direct us that um, as we open up your word, that you speak to us, you speak through your word and speak through us to the audience and that uh, we all learn something tonight and get closer to you. And uh, we pray that you guide and direct our steps and everything we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. PJ is always like, thank you for my wonderful friend, Abby. And on Twitter, I'm like, my worst friend, PJ, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I can't lie to, I can lie on Twitter. I can't lie to the Lord. So... <laughs> I can. <laughs> Thank you for my best worst friend, Abby. And uh, amen. <laughs> all right. Um, Matthew 24. And I think we're probably going to do all the way through 25 because there's just parables. That's yeah. All about the same stuff. Yep. So we get right into it. Let's do it. Okay. So Jesus has been talking for a while. Um, he's been, what is this? The, this is after the um, Palm Sunday event yeah. and everything. Yeah, the, the triumphal yeah. entry, cleaning up the temple, um, and he's having conversations with with people who are challenging his positions. So this is his last week of his earthly ministry before um, his resurrection. Mm -hmm. Yes. Let's see. I want to back up because he kind of, he kind of walks into this discussion of the end times slowly. So I'm trying to think where is a good place to start. Do you want to go back into 23 with the seven woes of on the teachers I, and, and Pharisees or? I might actually go back to 2133 because that's the first one that starts to talk about having a parable that involves Jesus coming back. If that's okay. Yeah, I'm just sorry. I'm just looking for it. I want to make sure I'm in the right spot. But we won't do everything. Every yeah, yeah. So you're talking about the parable of tenants. So yes. we'll go back and read that Let's first. That That's a good point. Okay. So starting in verse 33 of chapter 21 of Matthew, Let Jesus me says, "Find it real quick. Sorry, I just want to put it up on screen for people. Yeah. All right. There we go. Parable of tenants. Yes. He says here another parable. There was a master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it." and dug a wine press in it, and built a tower, and leased it to tenants, and went into another country. When the season for fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. 
And the tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants more than the first, and they did the same to them. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and have his inheritance. And they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. When therefore the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to the tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus said to them, Have you ever read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruits. And the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. Uh, and when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking about them. And although they were seeking to arrest him, they feared the crowds because they held him to be a prophet. So this is the what we've been talking about with yeah. with how the story is about Israel up until this point. And then he's like, I sent my son. You killed him. So I'm taking it away from you, giving it to the Gentiles. But then in Revelation, we see it turning back around and being a story about the Jews again, right? Right, where he takes takes the church, the Gentile church, up into heaven. Mm-hmm. And then it's about reclaiming his bride. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So this is the, and speaking of bride, it rolls right into the parable of the wedding feast. And again, Jesus spoke it, to it's, them. It's funny how, like, when you actually understand that aspect of the story, yeah. all of these parables make sense. Why it's about a wedding, why it's about yeah. all these things. I, I don't... It's funny. I was listening to a podcast last night, and I, I want to. I think I sent it to you. But one of the points that he was making, it, it just stands out to me in verses like this. When it talks, when you re- realize that it wasn't just Jesus; it was Jeremiah and Isaiah and all the mm-hmm. prophets, right? All his like, servants. All of his servants are rejected, and I find this so funny. If Israel, if God's chosen people reject Jesus, they reject mm-hmm. the prophets, right? I, what the point that the guy was making is that the problem with the modern day church is that we've gotten so into apologetics that we're constantly trying to make spiritual Christianity into something that atheists can agree, can understand and agree mm-hmm. on. And so we've, we've literally whitewashed out all of all of the spiritual goodness of the yeah. Bible in order to get into these scientific rationalist arguments with people who don't believe. And I just, I find this so funny because I think that's the mm-hmm. death of the church in the West is that we have rejected everything good and true and wonderful about the Bible in order to make an argument to people who hate us instead of yep. just being like full, like, like Elijah didn't just go, well, like, Oh, well, I don't really want to talk about the weird spiritual stuff and uh, call down fire from heaven because that's, you know, maybe the atheists will, will find that a little kooky and a little weird. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just, just to me, it's just a reminder of like, be, be, Christian, don't be like, well, how do I like, okay. Cause we grew up in the nineties. Do you remember that song? You grew up in church culture. Like I did. (laughs) Do you remember that terrible, terrible song undercover Christian or whatever it was? Do you remember this? (laughs) Barely. Me too. But but it was in my head the other day where I was like, why were we taught as, as kids to be like, well, be a Christian, but don't let people know you're a Christian. Like don't, you don't want to think you're weird. Do you? Yeah. It's the worst. Anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to like yeah. take us off in a tangent, but you're right. It goes from, it goes from, Hey, my, my own bride rejected me. 
I'm going to go to the, <laughs> I'm going to go make you jealous. <laughs> right. And then in the end times, we'll come back and you're right. It rolls right into the parable of the wedding feast in 22. Mm-hmm. Is that what you wanted to read? Yeah, but I need to sneeze. Maybe. Do it. Maybe. You can't. Okay. Zoom tight. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. All right. I thought we would do it in reverse. It's like momentum. I'll say gazoon tight and then we go to the sneeze. <laughs> it's like it's stuck. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and and again, Jesus spoke to them in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. That's the Jews. Again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off one to his farm, another to his business while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed them. The king was angry, and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads, and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads, and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment, And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called, but few are chosen. I find this interesting because this, this remind, this to me is, is revelation in a verse, Mm -hmm. right? Um, just, uh, Sorry. The king was angry and he sent out his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. I don't know. To me, that's, that's very, revelation, right? Yeah. It's very yeah. judgment poured out. Yeah. So there are people who are invited. And maybe I'm wrong in thinking that this is talking just about the Jews here. Um, but this idea that, that there were people who were invited who who didn't come. And then at the end, he's just like, anyone who wants to come can come. Like, I don't care if you're a good person or a bad person. <clears throat> all you need to be doing is wearing a wedding garment. Right. Which is that, like, I think. Cl- um, the seal of the Lord and salvation. Revelation. Yeah. yeah. Salvation. Things like salvation. that. Yeah. Like their sin covered over is the idea, right? Like a right. pure yeah. wedding garment. Yeah. So that's a kind of a fascinating story. <laughs> like, I'm just going to just invite any old person off the street. Okay, I'm skipping. Yeah, I do like this though. Go the, the 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 then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite the wedding uh invite to the wedding feast as many as you can find. So this is I gave it to the Jews, they rejected me. Let's bring it to everybody mm-hmm. and then and then obviously in the end times bringing them back into the fold. I find this yeah. yeah. It's the same same story, I think. Mm-hmm. Um did you say you want to go to 23? Um, I was, yeah, I was going to skip forward again. Do you think we do the seven woes? No, I feel like, I feel like we've set it up. I think we should go into, yeah. to 24. Cause this is, Let's this do, is the thing that I think we're trying to relate back to yeah. our earlier stream with revelation and trying to understand because there's so much time for people who didn't, if you guys didn't catch those, you should go back and watch them. But the, the point that's interesting in revelation, it's so referential to things like mm-hmm. Matthew 24, to things like Ezekiel, to things like Isaiah, 
So as we read through Revelation, we want to go back and understand what it's referencing and get a, a fuller picture because I feel like that's not, I feel like that's not done enough. And I feel like the Bible, yeah. I, I want to find this picture. We were talking about this last, was it last night on the current yeah. conversations podcast? So uh, we, yeah. we were guests on the current conversations podcast last night. It's not out yet, but we will let you guys know when it comes out. But one of the things we were talking about is in the Bible, there's this graphic you can find on the internet where it's like all these arch, like, Every time the Bible references itself, it's like a Marvel movie, 20 movies in where it's like all self-referential. You know what I mean? (laughs) So you have to like watch the whole thing. Um, There it is right there. Okay. Thank you. And I think we need to start 2337. Uh, Yes. Okay. I I just want to show this really quick. Yes. This is the internal cross reference. This is, this is the Bible referencing itself and you can barely see the lines because it's basically a blur. It's, it's so much. It's so, yeah. so, so, so much. So really in order to understand any, this is why you can't just take a book, a phrase. This, I know I've, I've harped on this a long time, but growing up in the church where it's just like every Sunday you get one verse out of context by yep. itself and you do it 52 times a year and you maybe get 52 different verses, but they repeat some of them or, you know, they do the tithing one every few months. My point is you don't really ever get a full grasping of the Bible from from teaching like that because in order to understand that one verse, you have to look at how many times it it crosses over into other verses and how it makes the whole story make sense. It's just like I know people who have read the New Testament, never read the Old Testament. It's like, how do you understand the New Testament without the Old? It doesn't make any sense. Um. Anyway, yeah. sorry. I'll get off my high horse, but we'll get back to – you said Matthew 23, 37. Yeah, it's just this last little bit after oh, he lament over Jerusalem. He like he reams out the scribes and Pharisees, and then he says, "Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing? See, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord.' So that's that's quite a like." Okay, I'm done with you guys until Revelation. Like, right? It does. It does very much seem like that. I want to point something out really quick. Forge and Anvil is in the chat over on Rumble, so Woo! if you guys uh, can click on you, what's great is you can just click right on their name and go give them a follow on Rumble. Yes. And uh, pray for them, and uh, we will be on. We'll be on with them soon. We haven't set a date yet, but we will. So it'll probably be a Monday. Probably. Okay. Um. Probably. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, Matthew 24. I think it'll be Thursday at 3.46 a.m. Stop. No, I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) If it's not, I'm not coming on. That's all I'm saying, guys. I'm going to go full diva on this and be like, no, we're we're doing a live stream at 3.46 on the dot a.m. on a Thursday. And if you don't show up, it just means that you're not a real fan. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm not showing up because I am not a real fan. (laughs) That's that's fair. That's yeah. <laughs> I haven't even watched all the shows that I'm not on. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> For <to>. shame. <laughs> um, Matthew 24. Jesus left the temple and was going away when his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. But he answered them, you see all these, do you not? Truly, I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Yes, and, then, and this is this was fulfilled in 70 AD. 
with the destruction mm-hmm. of the temple. Yeah. Yeah. Is the the see the wailing wall is like the outer wall of the courtyard, right? It's yes. not part it's not of the, the temple, temple itself. I was confused for a while about it. I was like, if one if all the stones are supposed to be thrown down, how come there's still a wailing wall? But it's not the temple. It's just a piece a piece of the outer. Right. Yeah, it's the outer wall. Yeah. Okay. Um verse three. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us Okay, so everything prior to this has been in front of a crowd or in yes, front of yes. more people. And this is just his inner circle. And they say, tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and at the end of the age? So these things being the destruction of the temple, but also um, you will not see me again until until. I come back. So. Saltzilla asks, is there a double meaning? Are you talking about with the destruction of the temple? I feel like everything in the Bible has yeah. got a double meaning. So yeah. I, I, am I missing a double meaning here? Let me just read this one more time. Jesus left the temple. He answered, you will see, you see these, you see all these, do you not? Truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another. I mean, I don't know. I feel like it is just about the destruction of the temple, but maybe I'm missing something. Sorry, I think go ahead. it might be about the destruction of the second and the third temple. Yeah, second and the third temples, because we're going to see it rebuilt again. Yeah. But it seems like the things that we're about to talk about at least threaten the third temple. Get this. This is very interesting. So um, I have a little archaeological note in my Bible about the destruction of the temple. It says um, stones were even pried apart to collect the gold leaf that was that melted from the roof when the temple was set on fire. So literally not one stone was left together. Wow. They pried every single stone every apart single one. to get any of the gold that had melted in, into between the stones. Wow. That's pretty crazy. That's intense. Yeah. Anyway. Um, okay. Where was I? Oh, okay. As he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, see that no one leads you astray. And I think it's so interesting that this is the first, the very first thing. Like, yes, there are so many people who are so dogmatic about what's going to happen in the last days. And there were moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what it's going to be. But even in my excitement, like I might state it definitively, but I don't ever want to be dogmatic about it because it there's a reason we're being warned about deception. Right. With this. It's it's something that I don't think we I think too many people are afraid afraid to talk about this because they're afraid of sounding foolish and they're afraid of misleading people. And I think that's that second part's correct. So we need to yes. go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're exact. I think that we shouldn't be worried about sounding foolish. And we shouldn't be worried about speaking authoritatively when we have something authoritative to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I, I I was thinking about this yesterday because we were watching what is it, Anti Cooley or something like that on TikTok. There's this huge TikTok trend last week for anybody mm. who missed it, and it said that May 22nd was going to be the return of of the Son of Man and the Rapture. And all. I mean, it was. T- is today May 23rd? No, it's it's still the 20th. It could still happen, you guys. It's still it ha- oh, still it is the 22nd. Happen. <laughs> anyway, I just find this interesting. Like people do this often and all the time. And it's just like, mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like 
I think we can, I think we can point at things and go, this seems to make the most sense. These things are coming to fruit. Like, I, I don't think there's some people who take this in and don't ever talk about anything with the end times because you won't know anything at all ever. And you couldn't yeah. possibly see the signs. That's not what Jesus is saying here. as we'll see, he says that you will see the signs that you will, the people will be prophesying and warning people, mm-hmm. but it's the definitive, this, this place, this time, this, like things like that, where I feel mm-hmm. like that's where you've got to be careful is, is not being too definitive when it says that only, only the yeah. Lord knows. So it's, it's, I think God wants us to ask and wants us to look into these things and specifically wants us to ask him and to be reading the scriptures and, and, and looking out for these things. There's, there's definitely a, a spirit of like, pay attention, watch, um, stay awake type of a thing. But there are lo- so many people, so many Christians I catch putting other Christians down for having a different view of these things. And it's like, that's wrong. That's no, I feel, I feel like God tells us himself later on, as we'll see that uh, the date setters are going to be the, full, the, the foolish ones, because to me, yeah. they are the, the the ten virgins, right? They're the ones who didn't bring enough lamp oil. Ooh, yeah, so they're constantly setting the date like this is all I have to make it to. I don't have to think beyond this. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, continue. But I, I think yes. you're right. I think see that no one leads you astray is very important mm-hmm. um, because there is a lot of that uh, going on. And, and we could get into some of the other ones later if we want to. Yeah, and the 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 responsibility is put on the people to not be led astray. It's not don't lead anyone astray. It's see that no one leads you astray. Yeah, well, there's already yeah. warnings for leading people astray. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Millstones true. and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, for many will come in my name saying, "I am the Christ," like I am the Messiah, which is I don't think we've seen that yet. People coming and saying, "I am the Messiah," mm-hmm. I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famine and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. I think this, this part is talking See, about the world wars. This is what I'm saying. Like, we can point out and say we are seeing the birth pains, mm-hmm. I think, very clearly in a lot of different ways. Um, you said no one. Okay, so I want to go back to this idea that people will come and say I'm the Christ. So this has happened many times throughout history. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know why it made me think of this. We were talking about Al- Alistair Crowley last night and how his own mother called him the beast. Yeah. And so he started calling himself the Antichrist and the beast and things like that. And I'm like, well, that's not how this <laughs> would work. <laughs> like the, the antichrist doesn't come out and say, I'm the guy here to deceive you. That's not how deception works. <laughs> I'm the liar, by the way, guys, look at me. I'm the guy that's going to lie and deceive I'm the liar. you. Yeah, he was. Alistair Crowley was so evil that he just really, really, really just wanted evil. any. He wanted to take on any moniker of being yeah. the most evil man that he could. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. he wanted he wanted to just <laughs> He wanted to be the beast so bad. Um, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake, which we're definitely seeing that, how all the nations seem to be anti-Semitic and increasingly so. Yeah. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. We're definitely seeing that. But the yes. one who endures to the end will be saved. 
And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So, and this that's gospel, a part people point out a lot, by the mm. way, is in the digital age that we're in now, the Bible has been written in every known language at this point. I mean, it's, it's crazy to me that like, I think we've talked about this before where it's like people throughout history have gone, is this the end? Is this the end? Is this the end? But there's certain things that just weren't possible before mm. the last few years. Definitely. Some of them weren't possible before the last 70 years, but some of them like this one, I don't think were even possible until the last few decades, even um, one, one of the things being that we've talked about is, is Israel is talked about so much in revelation and in, and, and in these prophecies. And it's like Israel wasn't a nation from 70 AD till 1949. So I feel like for that long period yeah. of time, that wasn't even a, a possibility, right? <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this verse number 13, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. There's a lot of that language in the letters to the churches mm-hmm. at the front of revelation of like endure, endure, endure. And this idea of like persevering and enduring as I think that, we're going to see it later in the parable of the 10 versions, but this concept of like, it's going to take longer than you think. And it's going to be harder to make it that final bit of the race than you think. It also reminds me of the seals, right? So the first four seals being war and famine and plague and things like that. Mm -hmm. The fifth seal is martyrdom. Yes. And that, I mean, we've seen martyrdom obviously, in droves and different times mm-hmm. in history. But I feel like that's the part that uh, sticks out to me as far as like the endurance thing. Yeah. So a lot of everything up to now has happened except this verse 14 and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. I, I think that there's, I don't think we're quite there with every single language. I think there are, what I, I'm saying I've, is we're we're at least we're really close. very close. We're really close. In um I've kept an eye on this because I grew up in a missionary family and yeah. we worked for we worked for New Tribes Mission, which was one of those ones that was really, really focused on translating the Bible. So I've kept an eye on how close we were. And the last time I checked in, they said like five more years and we'll have everything done. So I think we're we're getting really <laughs> close. <laughs> Bookmark that yeah. <laughs> the five years thing. Cause I think we're going to talk about it in a little bit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, keep that in the back of your mind. And I feel like I heard that like a couple years ago. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but sometimes things get delayed too. Let me, uh, now I really want to. Well, yeah. What, how about you look that up and I'll read the abomination of the desolation. Okay. Do it. Okay. So now we have Matthew 24, 15, the abomination of desolation. It says, so, When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Okay, can I actually want to point something out before I continue to read this? Um, Because somebody uh, in chat, I'm trying to find it, asked about audience relevance. And I find this interesting because Jesus here is obviously speaking to his disciples and not the crowds. But this was written down from those same disciples and they put notes in here, like, let the reader understand. So I feel like the audience was them, and now it, it is it is us. Um, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down to take what is in the house. Let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas, for women who are pregnant and those who are nursing infants in those days. 
Pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on a Sabbath, for when there, for there will be great tribulation, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now, and no, and never will be. And those days mm-hmm. had not been cut short for human being. Or sorry, and if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ or there he is, do not believe it for the false Christ and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders as to lead many astray. If possible, even the elect see, I have told you beforehand. So if they say <clears throat> to you, look, he's in the wilderness. Do not go out. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms. Do not believe it for the light uh, for the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west so will be the coming of the son of man whenever the cor- wherever the corpse is there the vultures will gather so that's a lot to unpack and i want to i want to read if i want to figure out a few things in this so i've heard this said before that this particular passage is about 70 AD and the destruction of the temple and and, and things like that i don't personally by that theory, but I wanted to get what your thoughts were because some people are saying, look, this is not all about revelation. This is specifically just about the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. And then it goes into the end times, but it seems odd to me that it would jump back and forth between literally they're asking him when will be the coming of the son of man. That is the question posed by the disciples before that he's talking about the destruction of the temple. So if you look at this just in, in, in order of a conversation, he's like, look at these stones. They're all going to be tore down and that won't, one won't stand upon another. Then they're like, hey, what about the end times? What about the, the return, the coming of the son of man? I don't see it jumping backwards to, oh, by the way, let's talk about the destruction of the temple again. And then with no, like that'd be a weird conversation. Yeah. Okay. To answer this prior prior question and then I, and then I can get, um, so, an article on April 3rd of 2021 claimed that the Bible will be available in every language by 2033. Um, I'm sorry. Have you noticed a lot of convergence on end times stuff in 2030 to 2035? Yeah. Uh, Wikipedia says by 2038 is an estimate. 2033 is a common estimate. Um, Wick- wait. Where did I just see? Sorry, I feel like and you're so, eyes so are for people who are missing, maybe forgot what we're talking about. You're talking about where the whole gospel will be available to every tribe, nation, tongue, right by 2033. Yeah, th- th- so there's 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 a range of estimates from 2025. That that estimate was made in 2010 to. 2038. Those are the range of years I'm seeing for different people estimating how long it will take to do it. Okay. I find this interesting because as we're seeing the signs, and this is the thing that we're talking about, seeing the birth pain, seeing the signs. I'm not saying anybody knows the day or the hour. I'm not one of those people. But what I'm saying is it does talk about people prophesying and saying, hey, Mm -hmm. things are changing. Things are coming. This is not something to ignore. Mm -hmm. Um, What are the things that we're all seeing converging in the 2030s? We're seeing the World Economic Forum's Agenda 2030 plan. We're seeing the idea of a one-world currency, a one-world government in in place by 2030. We're seeing the idea of 
all of the, it says right here, it, you will, this will happen and then the end will come. Everybody yep. will have heard the gospel. Then the end will come and not until then that's right. in the 2030s. And I find this odd because I truly believe <clears throat> that Claude Vorion, AKA Rael Mm-hmm. was speaking to demons. He said he went up on a mountaintop just yeah. the way like the the the, Nef- or the the watchers came down on top of Mount Hermon and all these other times where people, I mean, this is the, the Greek idea of it. This is every time throughout history, people have spoken to fallen angels. They went up on mountaintops and Claude, as I've pointed out, is, a, is an idiot, but he's <laughs> saying that like he's got his theology in line yeah. with, with all of the same great deceptions that the, that the, you know, the Anunnaki deception, the, the, whatever, all these different deceptions. Mm -hmm. I don't think he came up with that on his own, but even he is like, Hey, by 2035, Mm -hmm. that's when the antichrist comes. And I'm not saying he's right on the date, but I find it interesting. They're all saying, they're all saying approximately in the 2030s. And and it doesn't matter what side they're on. Right. Right. It doesn't matter if you're Christian or yeah. yeah, It's everybody's saying the same thing. And all of these prophecies seem to be converging in -hmm. that decade. Yeah. Yeah, so to answer your question about how's this stuff happened yet, I think that there are plenty of moments where you have you have two things, two answers to it. Like, yes, the temple was destroyed in this time and and people did flee at that time. But also there are ways that this is described for there will for verse twenty one, for then there will be great tribulation such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now and never will be. That's why I'm saying it can't possibly be talking about 70 AD. Yeah. I'm sorry. That hasn't happened yet. Right. That's there's no, there's no way to pretend that's happened. Then you'd have to believe that the Holocaust was less bad. Yeah. Than, than the destruction of the, and you'd have to believe that the bold judgments described in revelation are less bad. Right, that's my point. This is very obviously talking about the Great Tribulation at the end times, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Um, I also want to point this out. So the reason some people think as well, this is talking about the, the destruction of the temple in the 70s, this idea of the abomination of the desolation. So going back mm. to Maccabees, in it, before Jesus' time, um, when the Romans conquered Jerusalem, they slaughtered a pig inside of the Holy of Holies, mm-hmm. inside of the Temple of Solomon. That was considered at its time the abomination of desolation. So the idea that it would correlate between that and the destruction of the temple is where some people get this. But I think it's I think we see these stories repeated over and over. And I've said this about Babel and even the knowledge of good and evil and all Mm -hmm. these stories that just seem to repeat. I think and somebody said this in chat. I find this interesting. Let me see what I think it was observer uh, says. he thinks this is when the antichrist enters the temple and proclaims himself to be God. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a much more, I I think that that's more in line with what I would believe that this is talking about. I would probably go farther and say that he'll spill blood in some way um, onto the ark or whatever, however that looks. Um, I think the ark will be back in the temple by that. I mean, well, it has to be right for the, for the rebuilding of the temple. I think this is my belief. I'm not saying this Mm -hmm. is definitive. I think that when the ark is uncovered, Mm -hmm. that it will be the, that's how we'll see the, the rebuilding of the temple, the building of the third temple. I mean, they're already saying it like there's a whole Institute. There's of people who are saying like, we've prepared, we've got, we've done everything. We have the right heifers. We have the right, um, we're growing the right crops. We're doing yeah. all these things to make Herbs it so we can and- actually go back to 
the same temple worship that we used to do. They're ready. They are ready. They're ready. They have they have a whole generation. They of have priests. Levitical priests. Yes. Yeah. I the 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 amount of preparation. They're serious about it. They're not they're not playing around. No, they take it very seriously, and they're also the ones saying we have we know where it's at. We just have to risk war, not risk start mm-hmm. a war. That's what literally it's going to come down yeah. to. They literally have to start a war with Islam in order to get yeah. the ark out because I believe. That, that, that that's where the Ark is, that it's in land territory, probably underneath the Temple Mount or Golgotha that is controlled by by Islam. So, um, yeah, the Temple Institute. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry. Uh, somebody in chat mentioned parallel verses to Matthew 24. I do want to hit. I have those pulled up for later. So once we get through, um, we can cross-reference the, the parts in the other Gospels that talk about the same Yes. Okay, so. Yes. Um, was, there's something else think? in here. Sorry, I read yeah. all the abomination desolation. I want to just make sure I didn't miss anything in this that we wanted to. Uh, if those days are cut short. Oh, for as the lightning comes from the east <clears throat> and shines as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Who, wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will will gather. You're not going to miss it. We're not going to miss it. And we that's the point, right? Is when they're saying it. like, "Hey, yeah. this is the." Okay, I actually want to talk about this because I feel like this is part of the deception that I think Mm. people who are so adamantly pre-trib, and I'm not saying it's not pre-trib. I think people have a misunderstanding of what that, what tribulation is. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm starting to think it is pre-trib, but but pre-trib doesn't mean pre Anything bad happening. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's my point. Like some people are like, none of this will happen. We won't know the Antichrist. He won't come. That's actually literally not what Revelation says. It's actually pretty clear that's not what Revelation says. Right. But before the great tribulation, yes, I could believe that, and I think I do. But my point is, I think this is the deception of people who really don't understand their Bible where they're saying, none of this will happen. Christ will come first. So if they start seeing the world get bad, I think that people will believe in the Antichrist as, as the return of the Son of Man because... They're so firmly set on, I will not face any tribulation. Mm-hmm. I will not I don't face have to prepare. Yeah. Right, right. And I think that's what this is talking about. So there will be people who will come and claim to be Christ, but it's pretty clear here. You won't be able to miss it. You, like you, you can't, you, you, you're not going to be going there going like, man, I really, I feel like I have to believe this guy because, you know, things are getting pretty bad and right. it, you won't be able to miss it. And I think that that's, right. that's there for your comfort as well and for you not to be deceived. So I definitely see this. I'm, unfortunately, I see a lot of people who are, um, I see a lot of people being deceived. It says that people yeah. will be deceived. And I think that that's part of the people who will be deceived. It says even the elect. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Um, okay. The so, coming of the son of man. Immediately after the tribulation of those days of those days. Um, so, immediately after the abomination of desolation and all, all that. And, and immediately after um, the sun, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then will it appear in heaven, the sign of the son of man. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from the one end of heaven to the other. Uh, this is, this is kind of mingling that six seal description 
from Revelation. Yes, I'm sorry. I wanted to find that because I've got a I've got a thing. It's I'm using as a bookmark in one of my books in front of me that is talking about this because this instantly. Now that we've read through Revelation, this instantly sticks out to me as in like mm-hmm. it tells you when the sun will be darkened, mm-hmm. when the moon will will not give its light, and people yeah. will be hiding. It's literally all there in Revelation. What Jesus mm-hmm. just described: people will flee, the sun will be darkened, and I'm trying to remember. That's the that's not the seals. That's the scrolls, right? And then it talks about the coming of the Son of Man. Am I getting this right? That's why I just want to double check and make well, sure because I feel like seal, this, this confirms the, the timeline a little bit. Yes. The seals on the scroll. So there are seven seals on the scroll. And the sixth one is talking about the sun and the moon being, being darkened. All these things that we can, I mean, we can pull it up real quick. We um, should. We should because I feel like this is important and I can't find my little uh, graphic of, of the that explains the seal. Uh, yeah, sorry. That's so. okay. Um, okay, so let's see. So we the fifth seal was the martyrs and they're like, they cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Um, then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete who were to be killed as they themselves had been. So there's this joint idea of the Bible has to be preached to every nation and mm-hmm. a, the, the the full number of martyrs, the full number of people who are going to be killed in those nations for believing um, has to be completed. And then we get the sixth seal. When he opened the sixth seal, I looked and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth and the there full moon became like blood. And the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone slave and free hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains calling to the mountains and rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand. So it's clearly the same set of events that are happening. And they've not happened. We we don't have a day in history where the sun was blackened and the moon was turned to blood and not giving its light and stars are falling. We don't have this day yet. It hasn't happened yet. Right. Um, and, and if you think it has, like, please send it. Like, it, this is one of those things where this is a prophecy. If you're going to make the argument that all of this has happened, this is such a clear prophecy. You have to, you have to show that. Um, if I, I, my frustration with people who claim all this has already happened is that there's no specificity. There's like, oh yeah, it kind of it already happened, but there's no like, here's the date that this happened. Here's the date that this happened because these prophecies are are massive and very specific. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so and 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 a prophecy like that, you celebrate it and you mark it and you note it. Like this was prophesied and it happened. In the same way that we mark the coming of Christ, we should be marking these massive prophecies as they happen. So that's just my... Okay, so we have the rapture here, which lines up with what happens right after the sixth seal in Revelation, which it's you got the earthly view where in, in Matthew where everyone's being pulled up, and then the heavenly view where suddenly everybody's there, <laughs> and it matches up on the timeline. Right, yeah. And <clears throat> it matches up on the timeline with the seals as well. And... I love this part here. I didn't even notice this before. 
Hang on, hang on. Go back, go back. Um, where is it? Okay. And the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. That's Revelation 6, 13. Matthew 24, 32. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away. This generation that saw the things that we just talked about, he's not. Okay, let me finish the sentence. Um, Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So first... I love that you have just a random re reference to a fig tree in, in both of these places as the timelines are lining up. Like, look, I'm going to throw a fig, fig metaphor in here for you. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you see all these things, the sun being darkened, the moon being darkened, that generation that sees that thing is not going to pass away. Yeah, this was always the the hardest one for me to understand because I, I, I guess it was another one of those things I don't think I ever really read in context or wasn't given context for this originally. It started yeah. to make sense to me recently. It was like, <clears throat> sorry, it used to be, I used to hear this as in like, well, this doesn't make any sense. This would be the um, post-mill view of the idea that this has to have been about Nero, right? And it had to have happened in, in 90 AD, and se between 70 and 90 AD. And because it says, because he's talking to his disciples, he says, this generation will not pass away. But that's not actually what it says. I, I want to read this just one more time. He says, mm -hmm. so when you see all these things, we just went through the things that, you're, that he's talking about in the future, right? Nothing before will have been as bad. Nothing since will be as bad. Once you see all these things, you will know that it, he is near at the very gates. Truly, I say to you, this generation, the one who sees all these things, mm -hmm. will not pass away until all these things take place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I was always so confused about that growing up and then I read it as in the context of all this and it's like, oh, this makes perfect sense. I don't know why I was ever confused about it. Yeah. Um there are definitely things like I've read the Bible over and over since I was like 10. Um and even before that, but I think yeah. <laughs> um I forgot to light my candle. You forgot to light your candle. This is the first dream I have ever. The this forgotten is fine, dog. Only makes sense if there's fire. <laughs> there we go. Okay, sorry. Um, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day and hour of of the rapture itself, right? I believe so, yeah. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For, for as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Can I, can I, I, there's something about this yes. that I want to point out because we've talked about this obviously as like return of the Nephilim stuff and things like that. And some people point to this and be like, oh, no one will see it. See, they were eating and drinking and marrying. But here's the point that I think is missed in all of this. Mm. 
not everybody was eating and drinking and marrying, were they? No one his family weren't. Right. And I think that this is, I think this is the point, right? Is it says you, you won't know the day of the hour and some people stop there. That's the only verse they read out of Matthew 24. They go, I won't know the day or the hour. So I don't have to pay attention to the signs. Yeah. Uh, I don't have to pay attention to, to the things. It, it does go on to say in many places, like pay attention to the signs. You'll see the birth pains. These things will happen. You'll know that you'll know that it's coming. And then there's the days of Noah thing. And I'm, I'm reading this going like, but no one is family new, right? And I think that that's the important thing is like, we don't want to be swept up by the floods, by the waves, by, by all this stuff, because we're supposed to pay attention to it. We're supposed to see it, it coming, right? Mm-hmm. Like not, again, not trying to set a date or an hour or anything like that. But what I'm saying is I think we'll know that it's on its way. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's like this simultaneous, oh, there's going to be a lot of deception and a lot of people are being deceived. But the people who are walking with God and paying attention, it's going to be super obvious. And like it's that both and. And we're kind of seeing this kind of thing play out in culture where um, some things are just so obviously evil to us. And it's just, it's obvious that we shouldn't be killing babies. It's obvious that we shouldn't be like doing all these evil things. But then for a whole nother part of the population, it's not obvious at all. And they're super confused. They literally have spiritual blinders on. It's the same thing. They don't see the coming, right? Right. Um, I also just want to say to the the chat really quick, I appreciate um, you guys commenting and things like that. I know that not everybody watching this agrees with us. We're literally in, and and this is the point of it, right? Is we're in real time trying to read and understand this. And um, I'm trying to read your guys' comments. I can't always get to all of them. Um, but this is not a thing for us. We're not coming here to say this definitively is everything that we believe and we'll never change our mind or think this or whatever. Right. I think that there's value to having the conversations and for, for yeah. letting you guys see how our process works and how we read things and think about things. And I think that if you want to continue to share things with us and talk with us, this is a, this is a great time to bring up Discord again. It's a great yeah. way to like continue these conversations between podcasts. Sometimes there's just so many comments and we're on a, on a, a roll with the, w- what we're thinking and reading that we can't just get to them all and, and debate all of them. And we're not trying to debate here as much, but just trying to understand. Yeah. So I appreciate your guys comments. I don't want you to think I'm ignoring any of you or, you know, get mad that I don't agree with you on something. Um, I think it's, there is value to this. I, I truly yeah. believe we wouldn't be doing it. Like we could literally me and Abby could just do this over the phone as we do with so much of our everything research. all the time. <laughs> so, but I think there's value to, to bringing this up and having the conversations and, and, and doing it this yeah. way. So it's so weird guys. I can't believe that you guys show up and watch and listen. <laughs> our revelation streams on our RSS feed, even are the people who listen to this later who aren't even watching live and commenting. Mm-hmm. Are crazy high. We did. We didn't do this to try to get number. We were like, nobody's gonna like this. Or no, yeah, nobody's gonna watch, watch this. Listen. I just want to do thought, it. We thought, you know, maybe a couple of our friends would show up and 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 we'd have, be able to read the Bible and and talk about stuff. So I'm just glad that I think maybe that in and of itself is the value of people hearing this, maybe even for the first time and getting yeah. a, a fresh perspective on it and starting the conversation. And again, I think what part of our job is to not be afraid to look silly and be wrong sometimes. Exactly. Like I'll get fired up about stuff, but part of that is like, well, all of it is I hate the feeling of being deceived. I hate the feeling right. of like somebody lying to me. And so there are these different narratives out there. And there are times when I'm like, I can see why people think this way, but this verse says something else. And so I get really fired up about it. But if, if later on 
I saw something conclusive where it's like, oh, actually, on this day in history, the sun was darkened and the moon was like, I would completely change my mind. I would, I would, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm not trying to be dogmatic, but I know I get fired up about stuff. It's all good stuff. It's all interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Where were we? For so we're on. We just read thirty. I think we're on thirty nine. So okay. uh, and then they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So so will be the coming of the Son of Man. So as mm-hmm. in the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Uh, then two men will be left in the field. And again, this this to me is like if you didn't get what we're talking about, we are talking about the rapture here. Then mm-hmm. two men will be left in the field. One will be taken. One will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken. One will be left. Therefore, stay awake. If you do not know, see, that's the, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to harp on the same point, but it is important. And I think people need to get this. It doesn't say you won't know. So go to sleep. Don't care. Mm -hmm. It's going to come like a thief in the night to who though. Again, I think the parable of Noah here is important for many, many reasons. Again, this is my, this is my thought on the Bible is when he's a lot of times when something is said, it's not just one or the other. It's both. Um, And I think. Yes, stay awake for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he Mm -hmm. would have stayed awake and would not have left his house to be broken into. Yeah, comes like a thief in the night to people who are not paying attention. That's the point that people, Alan brought this up last week, and I think he was 100% right on this. It's not a thief in the night for all of us. And I think that's why we have to be reading this way, why we have to be paying attention, why we can't ignore politics even because I think I truly believe that the World Economic Forum stuff is important in the end times considering that Revelation yeah. specifically mentions Davos, Switzerland a few times. Yeah. And the timelines are lining up with what they're trying to do with one world religion, government, currency. It's all in coming to fruition right now. Just coincidentally at the same time that all of the world is going to be getting the gospel in their language. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's a coincidence. It's not. It can't be. No. Because these things are too big. Are too big to be. Um, we're in the conspiracy business, you guys. Yes. There's no coincidence. There's no coincidence. <laughs> and again, here's a reiteration for people who didn't don't, don't think I'm right. Therefore, you must also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour. Do you not expect? Mm-hmm. Be ready. That's that's mm-hmm. the point. And I think so many people read it read this and go. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to worry about it. I've had these conversations with people my whole life. Well, what what difference does it make to me? You know, like I'm saved. I'm good. So I don't have to worry about it. And I think that that's a wrong take. Yeah, uh, I'll finish Matthew 24 really quick. It says, who then is the faithful and the wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant who his master will find doing or blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to himself, my master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect. Again, if I just want to read this again, if that wicked servant does this, the master will the master will come on a day. He does not expect him and an hour. He does not know and he will cut him into pieces and put him in with the hypocrites in that place. There will be the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yeah, I just don't think it can be stressed enough that we are supposed to be paying attention. Yeah, and that there are serious consequences if we don't. Yes. Um, okay, let's get into. So, what I want to do is finish through, get through Matthew twenty-five because we have another parable. Um, I'm sorry, another two parables, and then 
back to talking about this final judgment. And then we'll, we can do the, it's uh, Mark 13 and Luke 21 are the parallel passages. Yes. Yes. Okay. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For the foolish took their lamps. They took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. They all, they all slept, you yeah. know, they all yes. slept. But at midnight, there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day or the hour. Yeah. I did not understand this. Pa- like, I never got this passage for the longest time until I read it in the context of Matthew 24. Of, like, he's delayed. He's he's take- And there's this concept throughout um, th- that... That like God doesn't make mistakes, but there's this concept of like it really seems like he should have come by now and he's he's later than expected. Yeah. I find this interesting too because um it was the fifth seal. I just mm-hmm. actually I'm gonna read this again Do it. really quick. So in Revelation, when it gets to the fifth seal, sorry, this is chapter six. Um When the okay, here we go. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God. This time about the the martyrs and the testimony they had ma- maintained. They called out to the Lord in a voice, "How long, Sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge your blood?" Then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer until the full member of their fellow servants, their brothers and sisters, were killed just as they had been. So even the martyrs, even the martyrs are going, all right, fifth seal has been opened up. We're being slain in your name. Yeah. Like, can we, is it, can we, we hurry up like, can we hurry up now? And he's saying, no, wait. And I find, I find this, this same thing. Like this, this kind of goes to my belief that I, I think that the seals are not, the seals opened up. It's a day and it's over. I think the seals are a, a long process. And I think that the fifth seal was opened uh, a long time ago, just like the the first four horsemen of the apocalypse have been. Mm. That, that's my personal belief. And I, I'm willing to be wrong on this, but it just makes sense to me that we've seen people being martyred for Christ's name for thousands of years now. Right. And even they're going like, all right, like how many thousands of years do we have to be martyred? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you're okay with it, I'm going to go ahead and skip the parable of the talents. Because we all, I think we all know it very well, and it's not specifically about the end times. It's just about how you live. And I love the parable of talents, and I really want to talk about it. So yes, Let's this do is it. this is one that I have argued in the same context. I've argued with people on this for a long time. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Why don't you read it? Okay. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. 
To one he gave five talents, and to the other and to another two, or sorry, to another two, to another one. Sorry, that's just written weird. <laughs> gave five talents to one guy, two to another guy, one to the third guy. For each according to his ability. And then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he um sorry, so also he who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now for a long time after the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I made five talents more. His master said to him, "Well, good, well, uh, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he... Also, who had two talents came forward saying, Master, you have delivered me two talents. Here I've made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into joy, uh, enter into the joy of your master. Uh, he also had received the one talent, or he also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground here. You have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap why I have not sown and gather why I have scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at the coming, I should have received what was mine with interest. Uh, So take that talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents for to everyone who has will be given and to and he will have an abundance but for but from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servants into the and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth uh, there's there's a i got this one's been stuck with me ever since i started seeing basically since the overturning of roe v wade Mm. Um, because I started seeing this argument and I think we've seen not from a Christian perspective, but a, same, a similar argument from Tim pool this week that I find disturbing. Uh, and what was said yeah. to me was why like someone was some Christian on Twitter. No, that was their whole thing is like, I'm going to be on Twitter and talk about how Christian I am and how wonderful it is was mad at me for being passionate about this, this subject, right? They're like, well, you know, I don't, I'm trying to remember the context of it because it was so incredibly dumb that even me trying to relate the message to you guys is hard for me to do because it's my point was, it was like, well, why do you talk about, why do you talk about politics? Why do you care about this? Why do you care about that? You don't care about the word enough because you're doing these things. And you know, he's like, I'm better than you. It was the whole, the, the summer of it is I'm better than you because I only care about the Lord and my relationship with him. And I'm not, um, I'm not wasting my time on talking about politics and things like that, that have real world consequences of dead children being sacrificed to demonic gods. Right. And his whole thing by the end of this was I'm getting saved. Why do I care? I think the babies will go to heaven too. So why do I care? And I just, to me, this is the parable of the talents personified. This is, I don't have to invest and do anything to, to better the world, to bring more into the fold of Christ to make sure that children aren't sacrificed to Moloch because I'm going to heaven. And I think this is the same thing that we see with 
so much of this end time stuff is I don't have to care. I don't have to speak. I don't have to prepare. I don't have to do anything Mm -hmm. because I, the one talent myself am going to hide myself away to Mm -hmm. hide away the the gift that God gave me of of salvation, right? Whatever that small thing that God gave you. And I'm going to hide that away and I'm not going to invest that and, and gain returns on it and preach and speak and do miracles and signs and wonders and fight for fight the good fight until the end. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to bury this in the ground and because I'm going to heaven in the end. And I I find this very interesting that he's cast in the outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that's, that's really harsh, but it's like, yeah, it it makes you wonder. And on a larger scale. So, okay, there are two, one of the ways I think that you can judge a belief system is by the um, the impact it has on your life. Um, and people who believe the rapture is going to happen tend to also have this idea of, well, we're just in the end times. The world's getting awful. I don't have to fight against the rot. I don't have to fight against sin. I don't have to get involved politically. I should just bury my head in the sand because the rapture is coming and I'm going to be safe from it. And this is all close to the end anyway. And even though we believe that the rapture is going to happen, um, that is a a serious pitfall to that belief system. I think a serious deceptive like side shoot, I guess. And then the other view is that all this has already happened and that, the kingdom is already here and the world's just getting better. And I think that that obviously not true. Sorry, go ahead. And, and I think that there's a complacency that can come with that too of like, well, it's going to get better regardless of what I do. There's no massive judgment. Can I I address this comment? It says you are assuming what pre-trippers think. We're not assuming what pre-trippers think. We're, we're both been in the church for 30 years. We've yeah. spent we are our entire lives talking to yeah same we, yeah we are preachers <laughs> we're, we're we're talking about the conversation like we've spent our whole lives talking being involved in the church yeah. we both are podcasting for years been on social media had these conversations with people I've led Bible studies I've done all of these things I'm not assuming what anybody thinks I'm literally telling you guys the Speaking conversations it, yeah. I've had for thirty years of my life so. When I'm saying this is what they think, it's because they've told me. And I'm not saying everybody, obviously. It's I'm a, saying yeah, there's, a problem, it's a, it's a there's a problem. It, there's a common pitfall yeah. in this pre-trib thing. I'm not even saying it's not pre-trib. I'm saying it's a common pitfall that people are falling into that I'm addressing. Mm-hmm. So I'm not assuming anything. I'm literally talking about thing, about conversations I've had mm-hmm. for decades at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's there there's a pitfalls that come with with like you get on the right track and then there's a there's a side path that that you can kind of get down. I think that's the case with with everything and it's it's not it's not a referendum on on the thing. I think we still believe we 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 tend to to think that the the rapture is going to happen um prior to the trumpets. We we tend to, we tend to think all the seals uh, f- up to seal 5 have happened. Seal 6 hasn't happened. And then the rapture hasn't happened and the trumpets haven't happened and the bowls haven't happened. That's kind of where we're at. Right. Um, yeah. Did you have anything else to say about the talents? Oh, I just think it's, it just goes back to what we started with this, this idea of this undercover Christian idea. I don't know, man. It's so dumb. Like, I just, I think that, 
we should we should stop. Oh, my wife thought I called her because I said dumb really loud. That's <laughs> weird. No, she answers to the name dumb. Hey, dummy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> her name starts with a D, so I'll give her you know the benefit of the doubt that she heard it wrong. Yeah. But maybe she's yeah, maybe she's answering to dummy. I don't know. <laughs> she's like, did you call me? <laughs> Where was I going with this? Oh man, PJ, I don't know. PJ calls his wife dumb all the time. Confirmed. <laughs> so mean. That's not nice. Listen, if the that. shoe fit. No, I'm just kidding. No. He's gonna smack me. <laughs> this will be the only time. This will be the only time you guys ever see my wife on camera because she'll it's come and smack you. me in the back of the head. You just you'll see her hand. Yeah. Or yeah. a chonkla. <laughs> you know what you'll see? You'll see a chonkla thrown across the room. <laughs> I I'm here for that. I want, I want that to happen. <laughs> Why? The, why do English speaking Mexicans still use like one random word out of the <laughs> sentence like to make Spanish? I've I've teased my wife about this forever. She speaks English and then we'll say chunk. I'm like, just say sandal. It's you're already speaking English. <laughs> because some things just are better. <laughs> so, some words are just better. <laughs> oh sorry, man. sorry, sorry. That was a side tangent and a half. That was, um, <laughs> that was quite yeah. Um, verse 31, <laughs> when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on, on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me, naked and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, truly, I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. I have so much to say on this. Me too. Uh, I feel like I have to bring this up because there is a massively influential person doing saying the exact wrong thing this week and it came off at first like it maybe it was sarcastic or a joke and then it was mm -hmm. confirmed that it was not today and mm -hmm. I, would you mind bringing yeah. up that tweet because you know what i'm talking oh, about yeah and i have to say this because i'm disgusted by the amount of christian conservative people who are finding themselves agreeing with this mindset and it's it's right here what you did to the least of me these you did to me and this goes back again to that parable of talent, talents argument I have with this this supposed uh, Christian on Twitter, and it, it, it sickens me. This and, and the the tweet essentially the the idea, and it, it's not just Tim Pool. It's I've seen this said by a lot of people. I've seen it said by by supposed Christians for for years. Is this idea of well, if we let the left continue to kill their children, we're talking about abortion. 
if we let the left continue to kill their children, then we gain the future, right? So like they get to have their best life was the tweet and we get to have the future because all they're doing, if they're mutilating their kids through and sterilizing them through transgender uh, surgeries, if they're killing them in the womb through abortion, if they're doing all these things, we're not raising up more leftists and whatever. What are you standing on or for? Like these are the least of these, the children that are being mutilated, the children who are being killed in the womb. Mm -hmm. These are the least of these. And this idea that this is, this is how we treat our neighbor's children is how we treat Jesus. And I just, I find it so disgusting that people are agreeing with this going, well, I care more about my politics and my party and winning a vote Sorry, I'm going to bring this back to yeah. Trump too. I'm going to I'll bring this back to Trump because it makes yeah. me so mad. And I, don't, I think it has to be said. Yeah. When you say it's more important that we win an election than save literal babies' lives, thirty thousand children were mm-hmm. not killed last year because of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Thirty thousand human beings, your neighbors, made in the image of Christ, are alive today because mm-hmm. of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. But is it more important that we sacrifice those children to win an election? Is it more important that we sacrifice those children and 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 don't clothe and feed our neighbors so we can have what? Like, what are we winning at that point? We're not winning. That's just disgusting. Yeah. Let's okay. Th- this is perfect because it ties this thing that I want to comment on in with my second comment because I think I finally put something together um, that I've been thinking on for a while. But yeah, Tim tweeted. I got it. Um, that's the one today. I threw one. Sorry, I'll grab the other one too. Let's start with the other one because this was just a confirmation. Well, yes. we, yeah, we can start here. Gender affirmation and abortion is a win-win for the U- U.S. Liberals get to live their best lives and conservatives get the future. Um, every day, the cultural divide gets worse if we want to end the culture war, which I don't. <laughs> why, why would I? <laughs> Anyway. I don't yeah, sorry. This is, this is also yeah. the false premise of the middle ground. Yeah. Which is not a Christian concept and it's not even a good concept politically. It's stupid. It's like, I've said, I've said this for years when everybody's like, so fawning over this middle ground, like, can't we just get along? Can't we just agree? Can't we just find a, a compromise? Everybody's like, this is the problem with Elon Musk too. Sorry. Say that if yeah. you're making everybody mad and you're reaching this compromise in the middle that it's somehow this wonderful thing, where's yeah, the, no. where's the middle ground on, on abortion? Where's the middle ground on dead children and alive children? Where's the middle ground on yeah. healthy young girls or mutilated uh, yeah. genitalia and and mutilated breasts on young girls? Like where's the where's the middle ground on this? There's, there isn't. There can't be, especially when you recognize that these actions this sacrifice of innocent children sacrifice of innocence itself in children these are sacrifices to the gods and even tim like his follow-up tweet was was what when once moloch is satiated our culture will heal literally calling out the god by name that they're sacrificing the children to he's literally saying moloch demands sacrifice let the leftists give it to him so that we can have our country back. We're, we're a conspiracy channel and you just hit on something that I, I wanted to bring up. That's that's related. You know how when we talked about the Kanye West thing, it was like mm-hmm. he kind of softly admitted to sacrificing his mother for fame. And yeah. we've seen this tons yeah. and tons of times. People's, you know, their brother dies and they're famous. Like there's this there's a sacrifice, like literal actual yeah. blood sacrifices happening yes. for for worldly treasures, right? Mm-hmm. You said that the, 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 the innocence that you kill in mm-hmm. a child 
mm-hmm. is a form of demonic sacrifice. Yes. What are what is what does every celebrity have now instead of dead kids? Uh, trans kids. Trans kids. Yeah. And I've heard this said. A lot of people said you're not going to see them killing their kids anymore. You're going to see them transing their kids. Yep. Because it's still a form of sacrifice. And if they can get away with a what's the line? I'd rather have an alive son than a dead daughter. Yep. It's literally, that's their, their choice. That's the choice of sacrifice in the elites today. And this is not, this is ancient. This concept of both sacrificing babies to Moloch, um, temple prostitutes, children in the temple prostituting themselves. What did we see on ABC news last year? What did we see on ABC news last year? We saw eight year old Desmond miles twerking for adults. Yeah. On on national television, temple prostitution. We yeah, we have we have everything Epstein did, all this like ritual abuse. It's either sacrificing the child, sacrificing the innocent, as in killing them, or sacrificing the innocence itself. Those are the those are the two things. Um, and it's always children. It's always babies to children, and it's always one of those two things. It's and, it's and, the, and this is how you know the right mutilation. This yeah. is how you know the right side of the aisle is in on it too, because what's the line that we hear from the more libertarian side of the right wing right now? Well, let's not let them trans themselves until they're eighteen. <laughs> yeah, but the flip side of this, because this is these sacrifices give these gods power, these little g gods yeah. power. The sacrifices give them power, and they in turn give the sacrificer a reward. It is rewarding to do that. The way that God says is like, I don't, I don't want you to sacrifice innocence to me. I'm going to sacrifice myself to give you back your innocence. It's completely reversed. But then in this passage here, where it's talking about, I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. This, this idea of doing a self-sacrificial thing, for somebody who is less fortunate than you, he's he doesn't want us to sacrifice innocence to him. He wants us to to sacrifice ourselves and our 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 convenience or whatever for mm-hmm. less fortunate people. And that's 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 our religion. It's a complete reversal. It is a complete reversal. And this yeah. was set up by God with Abraham. And I, I remember yeah. we talked about this. So I'd like to bring this up for people because I think this is a very often misunderstood part of the Bible. So Abraham is asked to sacrifice his son Isaac on Mount Horeb, I think, right? Mm-hmm. No, no. Um, it doesn't matter. It's the same place that the temple was built later on. Anyway. Yeah. And that's important in this story. But anyway, so where Solomon eventually built his temple, the Ark of the Covenant, things like that. Moriah. Moriah, thank you. Um, Abraham was asked to sacrifice his son Isaac, and he takes his son Isaac up, ready to sacrifice him to God, and God stops him. And everybody's like, why would God ask Abraham to sacrifice his son. That's pretty twisted. That's pretty messed up. Yeah. And I think like it's the asking of it that bothers people. Cause like we all get that he doesn't in the end, but it's like, why would God even ask that of somebody? And yeah. I think that the the part that's missing is he, God's intention never was to, to let Abraham sacrifice his son. It was yeah. always to make the point and to, and to show what God was willing to do for us. It was a complete reversal in right. his time. People were literally going to, uh, the, the Valley of Gehenna to throw their children into a fire and a fiery mm-hmm. pit and a sacrifice to, to Baal and to Moloch, mm-hmm. right? So in this time, people are literally sacrificing their kids for wealth, for fame, as they're doing today, as Michelle Williams went out and said it in her Oscar acceptance yeah. speech, I had an abortion, therefore I'm a successful, famous actress. 
sacrificing a child for fame. Works, yeah. For Yeah, exactly. So yeah. what's interesting about this is God sends him up there and says, look at what, look at what you were, okay, this is what every other God is asking you to do. Yeah. But I am not. I'm going to sacrifice my son for you. Right. I'm not going to ask you, my people, to sacrifice your children for me. That's a complete reversal. Yeah. And, and as you just said a second ago, what are we supposed to sacrifice according to Matthew 25? Our time, our convenience, yeah. and our wealth for mm-hmm. people. And what is the worldly way to sacrifice our children for time, for convenience, yep. for wealth, yep. for for beauty? And It's exactly and, opposite. It's the exact opposite. We are called to be the opposite. And this, this is why we have to stop trying to make our religion worldly and fit into this atheistic mindset. We have nothing in common with, with the Mm. world. We're supposed to be in the world and not of the world. And the more that we try to water down our faith and make it this worldly thing, the, the less of an important thing it is because our faith is a complete reversal. It's not just side by side. It's not, you can have Buddhism and Christianity because they're both kind of peaceful, nice things. It's a complete and utter reversal of the world order. Yeah. We have it's, to be the opposite. It's so it's so fascinating because on the one hand, what these what the gods ask for is so cruel, and you'd think you wouldn't want to do it, like to sacrifice your children. You'd think that's I never got it. I never understood as a kid, like why would anyone sacrifice their child to to a god? And then we see people literally celebrating doing it now, um, and I think because it's 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 one moment of pain for them, and then they get this like reward for it, this temporal reward and, and what and it's God asks to do though, is... It's though, isn't it though? Because there's yeah. eternal damnation at the end yeah. of it. But God asks us to take on this, this kind of longer term burden of just continual self-sacrifice um, until, until eternal reward. So it's just kind of this fascinating different Literal way to opposite. Live. Literal opposite. It's the opposite of YOLO, yeah. right? It's the opposite of <laughs> do everything here while you can, live it up, because this is all you've got. Instead, it's yeah. sacrifice yourself here. Be willing to endure pain. Mm-hmm. I think with Abraham too, God was like, you see what the gods all around you are asking for and you worship me. Is the only reason you worship me because it's easier? Will you, Would you do for me right. yeah. what everybody else is doing for their gods? Do it. And so Abraham's like, okay. And then as soon as he he shows he would, yeah. Um, God's like, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't ask you for that. But it was a. There, it there's was definitely a there's definitely a test of faith in there for Abraham. I don't want to lessen that part, but I think no. the important thing is that it, he is showing a reversal of it, that. And, but I think that's the point: is mm-hmm. that God had every right to ask that from every other God was asking that. God had every right to to ask Abraham for the miracle child he gave him. Right. Um, and and to to make that point of like I can ask you for it and it is right for you to give it to me, but I am going to make this point here and then in perpetuity, I am never. This is not what this faith is about, and this is not what I'm about. I'm never going to ask this from you. I'm always going to reverse it and always provide the substitute sacrifice mm-hmm. to show a different way. Because I think we we see you, you know in Narnia where it's like there's the deep magic. And then yeah. there's like the deeper magic um, from before the dawn of time. And, and the the white witch only knows the deep magic. And so she follows the rules of the deep magic. And that's where her power comes from. And Aslan's like, 
I was there before the dawn of time. Don't quote the deep magic to me. I was there when it was written. There, there's magic from before the dawn of time. And I know those rules and those rules can completely defeat this is, you. This is why Christians are so ill-equipped today mm-hmm. because we don't believe magic is real. Mm-hmm. And it very much is. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, the, the, these, these people aren't going out into the woods and drawing uh, ancient runes and doing weird uh, rituals because it gives them nothing. Right. It gives them, absolutely gives them something. It works. Yes. Yes. We, Alistair Crowley proved this. We are going to be talking. I saw some yeah, people talking gonna, about him in chat. We're going to be covering Alistair Crowley more deeply in, in the near future because mm-hmm. uh, it just keeps coming up for us as something we need to talk about. But yeah, I, I think that when you understand like, it, it, again, it says this in Enoch, these, these fallen angels came down and showed the people mm-hmm. these magic. You know, you know, what's an interesting verse to me that I think it's overlooked or, or passage or, or part in the Bible is in second Samuel and David, no, not David. Saul goes to see a medium. The, the witch of Endor, I believe is her mm-hmm. name. Right. And what the Bible never says is she's a trickster. Mm-hmm. What it does say is that she is a medium and she brought up this thing. And I think that's important because it's like, it's not that it's fake. It's that it's evil. Yes. And I think that that's yeah. the distinction. I, I find this funny because Tim pool is kind of like an agnostic kind of maybe atheist person. Yeah. And even he is naming, and I don't, I don't know. It's like a tongue in cheek joke, but I think it starts there. I think people started off as like, Oh, you know, it's kind of like Moloch. And then it's like, no, but it is. And yeah. I think that's the way that the, we saw this with Anton LaVey, who was very much a believer in the Satanism, but he sold it to his audience. And I think he said this as well, that, um, New ageism is how we're packaging Satanism to people. It's a rebrand. It's a rebrand yeah. so we can sell it to people who are atheist because the greatest trick the devil ever, ever pulled was to convince the world they didn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. So if we can get people to start worshiping the devil, thinking it's ironic, um, eventually they will just actually worship Satan. And right. I think we're seeing that happening. And and to, to be clear, Tim's position is we should, as a society make this sacrifice so that we can have the future. It's literally saying, let's sacrifice the kids for our political convenience and power in the future for peace, for, for power. Um, And if the leftists are happy to make that sacrifice, then just let them do it. It's you're no better. In Mm -hmm. fact, you're worse. If you know what they're doing is evil and you're like, that's fine. There was because a judgment. We benefit from there, it. there was a judgment in Israel every time they didn't tear down the, the, the temples to Baal. Mm-hmm. Right? Every time they didn't t- tear down the Asherah poles. Yeah. It wasn't, well, I mean, these people are destroying themselves. Who cares? They're not voting the way I vote. <laughs> so, yeah. why do I care? And it's like there was a harsh judgment for Israel every time that they didn't tear these down. And if we're going to be like Israel in that way, we're going to say, well, they don't vote the way I vote. So, let them destroy themselves and their children. This yeah. is what you've done to the least of these. And 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 God has something very powerful to, for, for you about that. Yeah. Ugh. I'm sorry. I, I just now I'm realizing Tim Pool did not get ratioed on this tweet. Yeah. How? This Again, this is what I'm saying. Even people on our side are believing this. And I think it's the majority. Just look at this. 651 retweets, 6,500 likes. How? It sucks because... Because so many of the people, all of it, it seemed like almost everybody who who would disagree with this thought he was joking. 
and continue even in the second tweet i saw comments oh he's just joking oh he's just joking he does this how is it that every time someone says something awful someone we like says something awful we're like oh they're just joking people have told me constantly that that nick fuentes is joking or that andrew tate is joking i'm like when these people are not comedians you mean the people that influence literally millions of other people to follow in their very much not a joke stance like that's that's the point I was trying to make the other day is like if you're if you are joking you're irresponsible because you know for People a fact are your followers following are, you. yeah. are modeling themselves after you. Yeah. That's not a Christian way to do things. We're supposed to model ourselves after Christ. They're like, "Well, I'm modeling myself after Satan for a joke." And it's like <laughs> Okay. Again, is this not what I said about Anton yeah. LaVey and is this not what I said about um new ageism? Yeah. It's I'm it's going to defend child sacrifice as a joke. Yeah. And I'm going to play be, with a Ouija board as a joke. You know, just like, I'm not, I don't really like, you know, if demons get summoned, I, I, I'm not really summoning demons. I'm just doing the thing that summons demons. But, you know, yeah. I, it was a joke. So, but it still does, right? Like you can't play with a Ouija board, ironically. Yeah. If I, if I ever tweet a joke and somebody doesn't understand that it's a joke, I, I'm literally in the comments. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Because I, I you don't see Tim doing that. He is not like out there making sure people know it's a joke. There's no indication that it's a joke beyond the massive discomfort of it being his actual opinion. Right. And there's an unseriousness to our culture and to a lot of the people in our culture where either, and I can't decide what it is, if it's the influencer themselves who's saying stuff enough with enough of a smirk to make people just unsure of themselves enough to not challenge it. So, because they can maybe, if he got ratioed, he could just play it off. Right. Or if it's just people following who are so desperate for somebody to follow, they're like, oh, I, I'm going to make any excuse I have to. And as soon as there's an explicit awful thing said, I'm just going to assume it was a joke because I but, literally can't handle it. But we're that. crazy for conspiracy theorists for believing in the revelation of the method. This concept that if, if Bill Gates tells you that he's going to sacrifice your kids with and kill them through vaccines, that you will do the legwork and tell us that he didn't mean it. And that's like, seriously, we see it oh all God. the time. I, I've, I've seen more in this last year, the revelation of the method in play and working where people will literally tell you what they're going to do, what they are doing. Yeah. It comes out that they were doing that thing, but the whole time <laughs> it was like, well, they don't, they don't, that's not, they didn't mean that. It's, yeah, like I'm the crazy conspiracist because I because I believe when they tell me who they are and what they stand for, I just listen to people and believe them. Holy crap! The Observer seven 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 says on Etsy thirty three dollars. Wow, that's a, a apt uh, price. <gasps> a Christian guide to tarot course and guide. Can you send me a link to this? Holy smokes! I'm not surprised though. We were we were no, sorry. I'm not surprised at all. We'll end this stream soon, but like we we're having a conversation yesterday, me and Abby, about how. I know people who believe again, like they've so watered down Christianity. They're like, well, you can be a Christian and Buddhist. You can be, you can do tarot cards and be Christian. You can play with the, the crystals and the Ouija boards and be Christian. It's like, are we supposed to be the same as the world or different? Are we supposed to be set apart of this? You know what I mean? You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's, I, I think that we've gotten to the point of Christianity where it's so watered down that it's just like, be nice to each other and love each other. And, and, and stuff that we forget that there's actual meaning 
Like God didn't just give us laws for the heck of it. You could like, only just arbitrarily. There was a reason for everything. And you could only believe this if you don't believe that the magic exists. If you mm-hmm. don't believe that there are such such thing as satanic ritual magic. If you if you don't believe and 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 furthermore, I think some people do understand that, and that's even more worrisome because then they were doing what the ancient Israelites did as well, which is, well, if I serve Yahweh and He gives me all of these things, what what if I also serve Asherah? What She'll if give me I other do stuff. both? Yeah. What if I serve Baal? He'll give me some cool stuff too. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the syncret- uh, sync- syncretism. I think is what it's called. Yeah. When you you go like this with your faiths. Yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah. We we we're in a situation where. The dark side of this knows exactly what they're doing. They they are actively worshiping their gods. They're making these difficult sacrifices to their gods, and they're getting the power in return. And we over, over here on our side are like apologizing for the most milk toast of our beliefs and not remotely tapping into what is available to us as far as the power of God. Because our side, the God we serve is stronger by a long shot, but we're not stronger because we don't actually believe. We don't believe we're not doing the sacrifices. We're not doing any of the, the things, right? So, yeah. yeah and, and our sacrifice is a self-sacrifice. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not doing any of it. And you're right. Like, this is this is why we're losing. And this is why I think we're so close to the end times because we really are a milk toast version of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Like, these these symbols of power, right? This This idea of power. Instead, it's just like Jesus was a socialist who was just like, be nice to people. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus was basically Shea Guevara, you know, (laughs) minus the slaughtering gay people in the streets thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. We are in such an unserious time and everything is just one big joke. Not with a bang, not with a whimper, but with hysterical laughter at the clown world. <laughs> that's what this is. You came to get conspiracy pilled and said you got clown pilled. That's clown that's pilled. what happened. <laughs> oh no. Oh man. Anyway, thank you guys so much for being here. This has been uh yeah, very fun. Chat, chat's been popping like everywhere. Well, not on Odyssey. For some reason there was like nobody on Odyssey tonight, but like everywhere else. Yeah, you guys have been really cool. Oh, let's go. Brandon was on Odyssey. Hey, let's go, Brandon. Let's go. <laughs> but yeah, thank you to everyone who's here on YouTube and Rumble. Everyone who's here live, but then also replay crew that you guys are awesome. So yeah, absolutely. So um, this week we are talking about the Challenger explosion this Wednesday. So yes. seven o'clock Wednesday will be talking about the challenger explosion and why you're not allowed to question tragedies. Yeah. Why that's such a, t- a terrible thing. Um, I should probably start researching for that. You should probably should. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you know what the challenger? What <laughs> <laughs> was that? The, um, I can't think it was an old, joke. old wooden ship in the civil war era. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that was, that was that, that was that boat that went down before world war one. Right. Yeah. 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 And, uh, is owned by Rockefeller or something. Yeah, like that. that one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> There's a mummy on board. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that was a fun episode, by the that way. That was a really fun episode. That's a re- one, a re- really popular one. So yeah, come join us on discord, everybody. Yes, absolutely. Is there anything else you want to say before we take off for the night? No, I have nothing else to say to you. Nothing else to say to you guys. 
Be no, gone with you. you. Tway. Tway with you. <laughs> Tway. <laughs> such a weirdo. I know. Oh, my gosh. All right. God bless. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you Wednesday. <laughs>